Welcome to The Determined Mom Show, the only marketing podcast dedicated to guiding mom CEOs into tranquility, wealth, and multiplying those precious moments. Welcome to this episode of The Determined Mom Show. I am your host, Amanda Tento, and I have with me Dominique Dunlap. She is a former teacher turned digital marketing obsessed Canadian mom of two. Through her done-for-you content repurposing services and lead generation Pinterest VIP days, Dominique's goal is to help you develop a low-effort, high-traffic marketing strategy that will allow you to attract leads on autopilot and be everywhere your clients are without leading to content creation burnout. That sounds like a dream, first of all. (laughs) Um, But I also want to just touch on what we're going to be talking about today before I allow you to kind of tell us how you got started in Pinterest. But we're going to be talking about five strategies for using Pinterest to grow your business. So this is going to be a killer episode. This is actually something that people have been requesting forever. So I'm glad that I found you and that you're here to talk about it. But how in the world did you get started like specializing in Pinterest? <laughs> through a series of random online rabbit holes. When I left my teaching career after I had my second child, I basically decided that I needed to figure out a way to earn my income from home because I couldn't go back to the classroom. And so I started out blogging. I started out with a learn from home play-based preschool program that I had put together for mostly stay-at-home moms and taken my teaching expertise that route. The more I got into that and started learning how to actually market the preschool program, the more I realized I liked the marketing side more, the preschool side at that point. So in talking to a few of the online connections that I had made over the past while and people I had connected with in trying to market my program, I ended up connecting with a few women who I call very close friends now that were Pinterest experts. And one of them had a program that trained Pinterest VAs. I decided to give it a try thinking maybe I would use it for my own marketing. Maybe I'd go a different way, not really sure what was going to happen. And soon after I took the plunge and completely pivoted away from the preschool program and into the marketing space instead. So do you feel, this is going to be like a mom question, but do you feel more fulfilled and do you feel like that switch has allowed you to have more time with your kids? Like just not having that hands-on, half to hands-on. Yeah, it's such a tricky balance and I'm sure most moms can relate. I was putting so much time and effort into the classroom, into other people's kids when I was teaching, not to mention we also live quite rurally. So I had quite a drive on top of things, but now it's just balancing the home life. So there's days that I feel like I'm not giving my kids the attention that I need to be because they're at me and they're needing this and they're needing that. And I'm trying to balance client work and that, but At the end of the day, I get to be here with them. And that's been really critical for our family through the pandemic, not having to worry about childcare. So some days, no, I'm not as present as I would like to be with them for sure. But it's still definitely been the best decision we made for the family. I love to hear that. And I can completely relate to that. Like I know, like sometimes my kids are like, but you're always working. And I'm like, but I would be working like, not even in the house. Like you couldn't ask me a question. You couldn't ask if you can have this or do this, or like you, I couldn't resolve any fights or anything like that. Like I'm here. Like I'm always working, but I'm also always available. 
when they need me, which I absolutely was not when I was in the classroom after I had my first. And especially with the commute like that too, like, awesome. Let's talk about these strategies. What are the five strategies that you're going to teach us to grow our businesses? All right. So there's a few things that we need to understand about Pinterest before we can even talk about strategy. First of all, Pinterest isn't social media. It gets lumped in there all the time, gets lumped in with those social media apps, but it really at the heart of it is not. It's a search engine. And if you think of Pinterest more akin to Google than you do to social media, you're going to start to really transition how you can leverage Pinterest to grow your business. I see people all the time, they jump on there with their social media's tactics and strategies that worked on Instagram. It's not going to work on Pinterest. The other really important thing that we need to understand about Pinterest is because it's a search engine, it takes time and it is a slow burn. You have to be in it for the long haul and you're not going to get instant results. So I would never recommend Pinterest be your sole marketing platform at like right from the get-go. It's going to take time before that snowball starts to roll. So that's my big disclaimers and caveats about Pinterest. One of my mentors likes to refer to Pinterest as the ugly stepsister of social media because it doesn't get that same attention that the other platforms get. But at the same time, it is such a powerhouse if we can invest some attention into Pinterest. And the other thing about Pinterest is once you've got your strategy in place, which we'll talk some about today, you can have your Pinterest marketing completely automated and going, operating in the background in as little as about four to six hours a month, which is way less time than you're probably spending on other social media platforms. And you can sit down and do it in one shot for the month. There's no obligation to show up and engage on a daily basis and just be present. You can sit down, do it, bang it out. And it's done till next month. So that's something to keep in mind too, when we're talking today. I have two quick questions, if you don't mind answering them. One is, do you find that people give up? Like they'll say, okay, I'm going to go do Pinterest and then they get started. And then because of that slow burn that you talked about, it just doesn't happen. And then they're like, done. Yeah. And so many people give up right when they're at the cusp of things could have looked different for them. Just to give you an example, what we're talking about when I say slow burn, slow burn. When I take on a monthly management client, I do a minimum of a six month contract because I don't even expect to see a whole lot happening in that first six months. And that's something that I take a lot of time to prime my clients with that we have to trust the process here. We're looking at a year or so before we're really going to start to see the fruit of our effort happening. You don't eat the fruit the day you plant the tree. So what I see a lot of times with people who are getting started with Pinterest or managing their own Pinterest, they will, they'll go gung-ho for two, three, four months. And then they're really disappointed in what's happening in their statistics. So they bounce. But if I come back to that same account down the road, that effort that they put in for those four months is still bringing them traffic two, three years down the road. And they don't even realize it because they bounced already. Wow. Um, because what you post on Pinterest today is going to drive traffic for years to come. The reason it's going to take so long for us to even see anything happening in the beginning is with the search engine basis of the platform, it takes time for content to be indexed. 
So when I publish something for a client, it might not even be indexed. We don't know the exact timeline. Pinterest doesn't share that, but it appears that some content looks to be around six to eight weeks before it's really indexed. Wow. And that's also important to keep in mind if you're posting seasonal content. If you're posting Christmas content right now, we're talking right at the beginning of December when this is recorded. If you're posting Christmas content now, it's not going to do anything, but check on it next year because it will have had a whole year to be indexed in the program. And you're going to start gaining traction on that content probably around August next year. That's very interesting. So it's really important, like the things that you are posting seasonally, maybe not to put the year on them or maybe not to. And um, that goes with everything on Pinterest is an evergreen platform. So what I'm posting today, it should be relevant down the road. Now, that doesn't mean that I can't go in and update a blog post or that kind of thing. We'll talk about what we can post to Pinterest. I can update my content, but I maybe don't want to necessarily write a blog post about just one specific Instagram update that's happening right now in 2022. This might not be relevant. Instead, maybe I want my blog post to be about Instagram strategies or just a little bit more broad to make sure I'm going to have that evergreen effect. I love it. The other thing is not really a question. It's more of an affirmation of what you had said about the hours that need to go into it. Before I met you, I hired a Pinterest VA and she's been working for probably about two months now. And the hilarious thing is she was supposed to send me an invoice last week. And I'm like, you know, did you forget to send me an invoice? Like, where's your invoice? I want to pay you. And she's like, oh, I didn't work enough. Can I just make it like a monthly invoice now instead of every two weeks? Because literally she's at the point where now she has everything down. She's got the template. She's got the posting and tailwind down. She's got all that stuff. And so now she went to like from, I allocated her like five hours a week to she's probably barely even working one hour a week. Super interesting. And that's absolutely a misconception that A, I can't afford to add Pinterest onto my plate because I don't have the funds to pay somebody to do it and I don't have the time to do it. But the reality is if you look a few years down the road, do you have, can you afford not to put in those few hours right now, knowing that it's going to gain traction and bring traffic for years to come. When I see those same people investing hours upon hours into Instagram, TikTok, the other platforms. And yet you post and your content disappears from the feed before you even pour your morning coffee. Gone. That's so true. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so true. So you're putting all that effort in and then for what? So true. And he, I am like the cover story for that three years down the road thing. (laughs) You just said, I should have been doing this. Like I should have hired someone from the very beginning. You know, I actually had someone, I think, and this is how long it's been, but I think I had someone pinning my podcast episodes, like at the very beginning. And then I just like, for some reason stopped it. Probably what you were talking about. I am like literally the poster child for this because if had I been doing that, I would be so much further along now. And I, I realized that, I'm trying to correct it now, but I'm like, and it would be super interesting to go and look at some of those really old and see if they're still bringing you traffic. They might be, or depending how they were optimized, how they were published, that sort of thing, they may have died off by this point, but it would be super interesting to look at that. And you might find that some of that old content is still bringing you traffic to your site today. I'm going to have to do that. 
Awesome. So let's go ahead. Now that you've made the disclaimers, let's go ahead and talk about the strategies. Okay. The number one top strategy that everybody needs to be aware of is you need to do keyword research to use Pinterest. You can't jump in there and just start posting and publishing. I call that the spray and pray method. It's not going to get you anywhere on Pinterest because of that search engine base. And really everything we talk about is going to come back to Pinterest being a search engine because it's so important. I need to know exactly what keywords and keyword phrases my target audience is using when they look for the content that I'm creating. So it does me absolutely no good to make assumptions of this is how, what I would say, this is what I would search. I need to know what's being searched on the Pinterest platform. So the first thing you need to do before you ever even consider using Pinterest for business do some really thorough keyword research. The easiest way to start with keyword research is in the search bar that we're all pretty familiar with. That's where we would go in to find a dinner recipe. We type in pasta recipe or whatever in that search bar. What you may not have paid attention to in the past though, is when you type something into that search bar, it will actually give you a dropdown of predicted text of other things that maybe you meant to search for those instead or elaborate on your ideas, those, that drop-down menu, those are actual words and phrases that people are searching on the Pinterest platform. That's how they got those. And you'll also see, depending on what country you're in, everybody's platform looks slightly different. You may see bubbles of predictive text across the top or different categories and topics that you can click into. Those are all giving you really juicy keywords that are actively being searched on the platform. So take note of them and use them. I like to put those all into a spreadsheet and you'll want a lot to work with. When I'm doing keyword research for a new client or for one of my VIP clients, we start with a minimum of 200 keywords when I do that. You don't want 10, 12, 15. You want to go deep and figure out how many different ways can I say this? How many different things are people actually looking for? So you want to go deep and go broad to make sure we have a good bank to draw from. That's a lot. That's it a is. Lot it's a lot, but it's actually a lot of fun once you start getting into it. And yeah. that's a whole big rabbit hole in itself is falling down with the keywords and seeing, okay, what is being searched here? Now to give you an example of that, we'll talk about boards in a few minutes, but I had a client who came to me and it, this was for a strategy session. We were doing an audit on her account, looking to see what's going on. Why are, why am I not getting any traction? I've been pinning, I'm doing this stuff. When I got looking at her boards, she had her boards all named with really cutesy names, which were very on brand to her. For example, she had a kid's birthday party board that was called Ra Ra Dinosaur. Okay, when I got into it, the whole board was about kids' dinosaur birthday parties. It makes sense when I know that, but absolutely nobody is searching Pinterest for raw dinosaur. They're searching Pinterest for kids' dinosaur birthday ideas. So we needed to make that switch and make sure everything was set up with the keywords. That was a little hard for her because she had to let go of those niche-specific and brand-specific terms that she held so dear. But your website is where you can be using those. On Pinterest, we need to speak our client's language. Otherwise, they can't find you. So that's step number one, is do your keyword research. Please don't start Pinterest if you haven't done keyword research. 
And if you don't know how to do it, reach out to Dominique. Yeah. She will help you or I'm sure she has a resource or you can book your VIP day. That would be helpful. And I love doing keyword research and giving you some ideas of directions that we can go with that. And we can get pretty creative, but not off the path of where we need to be. Once you've done the keyword research, the next thing you're going to want to do is use those keywords in as many places as you possibly can. So I tell my clients that anywhere Pinterest allows for text, you need to use those keywords and you need to use them in the first way. So we're not jumping in and keyword stuffing and just typing in a whole bunch of words. I'm going to use them in a way that a human would want to interact with them. So catchy headlines and titles and paragraphs. There's a few primary places that Pinterest allows text that you're going to want using these keywords. The first place is in your headline. So that's where you've got your name. Again, that's fine. I can put Dominique Dunlop and I do have that in my headline name, but nobody's going on Pinterest searching for that. What they're searching for is Pinterest strategist, content strategist, content marketing, those kind of words. So I want to make sure I've worked those in either as part of my title, or I can put like, I could put Dominique and then a vertical line, and I could put content marketing for podcasters or something that's actually searchable in my title. I see so many people just have their name, which that, that's fair. It says name when you go in to put it in, but use that space wisely, make it searchable. Then you're also going to want to create a very keyword rich bio on your account. Now this used to be limited to, I want to say it was about 150 characters, which was quite short, like an Instagram bio, but they've opened it up and it's 500 characters now. So write yourself a nice paragraph about what you do, who you serve, and weave in those keywords and phrases as much as you can, because that portion of your account is also searchable. So that's your title, your bio, and then there's a few other places across the account. You're also going to use the keywords. You're going to use them when you set up your boards. Now, if you're not familiar with how Pinterest works, your boards are almost individual bulletin boards or cork boards that you have across your account or your filing folders. You can think of your account as the filing cabinet, your boards are the file folders, and your pins are the files within those folders if you want to take it down to a kind of paper pencil level here. So your boards, we talked about the raw, raw dinosaur. You got to keyword your boards with things that people are actually searching. So what that means is when they search, they're going to find that board or that file folder full of all of that goodness on that one topic that you've created. And you want that to come up and search because that's a goldmine if they can come into that file folder. And people can follow boards. They can also follow individual profiles. That's important to note. So when you're creating your boards, use your keywords there. When you're creating your boards, you also have the opportunity to create a board description, which is 500 characters. Most people don't even put in a board description because they don't see any value there. It's searchable. So make sure you're using those keywords. And then we get down to the actual pins themselves. So you're going to use your keywords on the text overlay of your pins. You're going to use keywords when you put titles on your pins. And then you also have the opportunity to write a description for your pin. Again, 500 characters. So each individual pin, you can really spell out for Pinterest what that is. And the more of those keyword signals that we can send Pinterest, 
the more they know what our account is about and who they should put our content in front of. That's so many opportunities. Like I talk <laughs> to amazing. people, I talk to my clients about the same thing on Google My Business or Google Business Profile, because mm. you have your description, you have your products, you have your services, you have your offer posts, you have your, you know, 1500 characters for your regular posts. And I talk to them about this in the same exact way. This is, I call it a gift from Google and this would be a gift yeah. from Pinterest, but like you have all of these opportunities for just one pin to get it right. Yeah. And to give them the keywords that they need to know in order to serve you to the right people. Hello, use it. Exactly. Pinterest yeah. is like saying to us, who is this for? And what do they need? What should they get out of this? And yet I see so many people wasting that digital real estate. It's just an empty box sitting there. And then they wonder why their account isn't doing anything. Pinterest doesn't know what you do or who you're serving. They really don't know because they can't read between the lines and Pinterest isn't reading your website. That's my favorite tip so far, by the way. <laughs> All right. So we've talked about doing keyword research. We've talked about using your keywords. And once you've got those in place, that's when you're going to start to see some Pinterest magic happen. But there's a few other things that you can do to really bolster your success on Pinterest. Pinterest is a visual platform. So make your content visually appealing and it needs to stand out in the feed. So you want to spend some time looking at what are your competitors doing? What other type of content comes up when I search these keywords? Is there anything I can do to make mine stand out? Maybe it's a different color combination. Maybe it's using bold fonts. Maybe it's just the headlines that I'm using and making them really click-worthy and calling out my target audience in my content as well. They need to know instantaneously when your pin comes up in their feed that it's for them and that you're speaking to them. Otherwise, they have no incentive to follow through there. So when it comes to branding, and we're talking about visuals, not on Pinterest, this is another spot that I find people are really hesitant to let go of. We've all invested a lot into our branding, making our businesses look great, making them look really cohesive. And that is super, super important but not so much on Pinterest because it's about the user. It's not about you. So there's ways we can weave our branding into our pins, but your pin designs, if they aren't resonating and hitting with your audience, you're going to have to change some stuff up, even if it doesn't completely reflect your branding. We might take it down to a level that your branding is now just your logo in the corner, but we've done all kinds of different things with color combinations and fonts or whatever it is. Maybe your branding font is a really scripty font that's hard to read. That's not going to hit on Pinterest because A, the AI readers on Pinterest won't even be able to decipher it. Okay. And B, it's not going to catch your audience's attention as they're scrolling because they have to work too hard to decipher the message. So there's things that we need to be aware of. It's your branding is important to your brand, but it's not the be all end all of your Pinterest success. And for my clients, we'd like to play with things like what happens if we try a black and white pin? What happens if we try some pins that we really focus in on some of the bright colors in your branding, even if it isn't your dominant prominent color that we would normally use? What type of images are resonating with your audience? Just playing with that. And it will take time to figure out what is really working. Now, that's not to say you can't work from templates. But even a Canva template, you can just switch out those colors pretty quick, switch out those fonts pretty quick. We're not starting from scratch all the time. Oh, I didn't realize that. I think that's a, a great 
observation. It's something that I think about, like it's in the back of my mind. Should I just be using my branding colors? Because my branding colors are like very unique and distinct. So as soon as someone sees something in their feed, any type of feed, they know it's for me. At the same time, I feel like these people don't know me. Like it's an introduction, right? Yes. That, you know what, that kind of leads into the next thing here. You've hit it right on the head. When we think about Instagram, Instagram is our nurture platform. Our audience knows us and it is super important that they recognize our content when it comes up in the feed because they're there to get to know us. We're warming them up. We're leading them through our sales funnels. We're building those relationships. That's not what's happening on Pinterest. Pinterest is a discovery platform. They don't know you. They don't know me. Most of the people that click through your pins will not be necessarily repeat users to your account. The there's going to be some for sure. We've got followers. They're going to see our feed content come up. But the majority, it's a discovery platform. They're discovering you because you've presented a solution to a problem that they have, or you've presented something that meets their need at that moment, not because they came searching for Amanda, not because they came searching for Dominique, mm-hmm. not because they came searching for your business name. They don't care. All they care in that moment is, can you meet my needs? Do you have what I want? The answer to my problem, the answer to the question, the recipe, the whatever. And then we lead them to the website. Then we lead them onto our email list. And then we lead them to Instagram or TikTok. TikTok's also a discovery platform too. So we have to keep, it can be a little bit of both there. We lead them into that funnel and that's where we start to get to know them. So Yes, your branding is important. And I do stick with mostly branding colors. And I'll always have my clients logos or website or something on their pins. But there's times that our own personal branding just doesn't resonate on the platform. Or something I have to watch for myself. I have pink in my branding color, which is great. But if you look at a lot of other social media marketers, social media managers, pink is an extremely common color in that niche. So I will use the pink in my branding sometimes on Pinterest. There's other times I'll pull back on the pink and use my other colors because I stand out from the other social media marketers at that point. So you don't want to necessarily blend in. That makes sense. So, excuse me. So treating it appropriately is going to give you great returns. The other, the next thing to be aware of with Pinterest, I hear so often, oh, I don't have time for that. We've talked about not having that time. Pinterest is your repurposing platform. You're not creating anything new for Pinterest. You're using Pinterest as a discovery platform to drive traffic to the things you've already created. So you can literally drive traffic to anything that has its own URL, blog post, podcast episode, YouTube channel, sales pages, your landing pages, your email opt-in, your webinar, whatever it is, you drive traffic to there from Pinterest. You're not creating content for Pinterest. You're also repurposing your content from other platforms up to Pinterest. So for example, if I create a video for TikTok or I create an Instagram reel, Immediately, I'm downloading that, removing watermarks, super important to take a watermark off from other platforms. I'm downloading that video, and then I'm uploading it as an idea pin on Pinterest. I'm never creating just for Pinterest. 
So you you might not feel like you have the time, but you're actually wasting all that content that you've already created if you're not making the time. Yeah. And you can hire someone to do those tedious little, like the removing the watermark, uploading it, doing the, like someone else can be doing that for you and your time can be like maximized. So you just create that original content. I love this. Oh my gosh. It's so amazing. Focus on your zone of genius and let somebody else do the rest. Or if you're not at a point to outsource somebody else doing all the rest, at least give yourself the gift of having super solid, efficient workflows in place to do it. So you're not constantly spinning, trying to figure out what am I supposed to do with this? You should know that when I create a blog post, I need these images. It needs to go here. It's going to be published here. I'm going to schedule it on Pinterest. This is my cadence that it, or the rhythm I'm following. Same thing if I create a reel. I'm going to download it. I'm going to remove that watermark. Then I'm going to upload it. You need to have those workflows set up. And that's the biggest thing that I do like during my VIP days is that my clients walk away with that exact workflow of what needs to happen so that their VA can put their system in place in about four to five hours a month. Just like you said, you're having with yeah. your VA. It should be very cut and dry. This is what we do. I love it. Okay. Maybe that's my yeah. favorite one. I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. I can't decide now. Lost track. I think we've hit on all. I think five. yeah. I think yeah. that was number five. But I was yeah. like, I'm not gonna say that it's number five because yeah. if you have anything else, I don't want to no, cut I, you off. <laughs> trying to think. I, we've hit on it. Do your keyword yeah. research. Make your visuals appealing. Use the keywords that you found. We missed that. Repurpose your content and have strategic workflows in place to make sure you can get it done efficiently. And then the overarching umbrella: be patient. Yeah, it, it's going sure. to come. And if you do feel like it's not working, by all means, reach out to a specialist for support to have, sometimes it's good to have extra eyes on your account to just say, hey, maybe let's tweak this, let's try this, and let's see if we can make things happen a little bit quicker. But at the same time, you have to trust what's happening. And when we do look at actual growth, if you're seeing two to 4% growth on the outbound clicks and saves of your content month over month, your account is doing what it needs to be doing. Okay. It's not going to massive numbers. To give you a concrete example, I just ran analytics this morning for one of my management clients. We are, how many months in? Been pinning consistently on her account for four months now. We've just hit the end of four months. Last month on her analytics, we had 16 outbound clicks to her website. So that's, it's low, right? Mm -hmm. When we compare it to what she's investing, it's low. This month, we've had 42 outbound clicks. Wow. That's a Still pretty, not that's a, a huge, it's not a huge number, but it's that's like a hundred and growth. something percent increase. That's exactly. big. So if we can now start making that happen, we're starting to see the snowball start to roll on her account. That's and that's awesome. super exciting when you start to see that. Those first few months when you see zeros or twos or threes, it it's easy to question, why am I doing this? Am I What's doing happening? the right thing? Awesome. So I know you have a guide that you can provide for the audience. And then also you have your VIP day. So you can tell us about those two things, how we can get to book the VIP day and how we can get your guide. The guide, I will share the link with you. And you can add that into the show notes. It is a guide to creating an entire month of content from one podcast episode. So 
I was finding a lot of my clients just they're on that content creation hamster wheel of like always creating something new for this platform, that platform. And you don't need to be, you're creating good, solid core content, podcast, blog, whatever, YouTube, whatever your core content is, take it, slice it, dice it and squeeze all the goodness out of it and get all of your content for the entire month from there. So I will share that link with you for sure. And then my VIP day, we've, everything we've talked about today is what the VIP day includes. It takes you right from ground zero to having a completely optimized account that's ready to attract your ideal clients and the entire strategy that you need, including your keyword research and your pin templates, everything that you need literally to just hit the ground running with Pinterest, whether you're going to hand it over to a VA or do it yourself. Most of my clients do take their VIP package and they just hand it to their VA and say, this is what we're doing. Instead of having their VA take a course or try and figure it out. It just takes out that middle gap and that learning curve to a, here's your pretty package with a bow, do it. (laughs) And I love that because it takes away that necessity for you to spend and invest more time in training them on something when it can be literally just functionality instead of learning how to do it. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. Just the you don't actionable. need to learn the platform if somebody else has just given you the step-by-step of exactly. do this today, do this tomorrow, do this next month. Because yeah. I do outline it on a day-by-day, week-by-week, month-by-month basis of this is your step-by-steps. I've That's done awesome. all the back end for you. I love it. I think I might have to book a VIP day because I need more, <laughs> as much as I can get, as much of information as I can get. That's awesome. And you're going to have, and we'll have the link to book a VIP day in the show notes as well. Definitely check that out too. So thank you so much, Dominique, for being here, for sharing your amazing wealth of knowledge with Pinterest. And I am sure that we're all going to go right now and look at our Pinterest accounts and kind of evaluate them and get started. So for sure. And as you're saying that, I thought of one more little key tip. I'm going to slide in there. You're not using a business account. Please make sure you switch it to a business account. If you're still on your personal account that you planned your wedding on and you've got all your kids' birthday parties planned on, you need to switch it up to a business account and you can either start fresh or you can just toggle that in your settings. You can switch from personal to business, but you need to get it on a business account. That's a great tip too. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dominique, for being here. Thank you for having me. It was such a great chat. Let's face it, piecing together a marketing plan with the things you hear, watch, or read online while tempting is never a good idea. The truth is people don't search on social media for your services. And even if they do, they will still be going to Google to check your ratings. By not having a cohesive, proven marketing system, you are leaking clients and customers through giant holes in your customer acquisition bucket. But let's talk about what else isn't working. Posting tirelessly on social media, tracking followers as a business metric for success, paying for ineffective marketing, buying glossy ads in Coupon Magazine, spending time replying to comments, paying others to manage your social media with no actual sales coming in. So what is going to work? Having a proven marketing system in place will plug every hole in your bucket and allow you to begin to fill up with new customers and to also retain and nurture your current ones. Go to tdm-marketing forward slash six 
marketing-musts and download our free guide to six marketing musts guaranteed to get you more customers.